Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the amazing people on LinkedIn right now. Welcome to the third episode from Global S&OP Community, brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and my co-host Ahmed Al-Hamamsi. Welcome, Hello Ahmed. And welcome, everybody. Hi, Ahmed. How are you doing? Teres Fiesler is tuning in from, and uh, welcome to the Global S&OP Community. Of course, uh, as we always say, it's knowledge you won't find in, uh, in, in books. It's a collaborative experience between us and uh, and you, all the, the audience and our, our guests. So, Ahmed, please tell us about our guest today, please. Introduce. For sure. Before we move and jump into our guest, let me I restress again on into our global community. Knowledge you will not find in books. Our mission, just to to let you know, is to build a global community of supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales, finance people that will change the world of S and OP. Where everyone will be able to share his unique voice stories, knowledge, struggles, and experience, because we believe that everyone has something to provide to this world. And yes. today's topic is very compelling to most people. And our topic today is more related into managing the constrained demand from the manufacturing lens. And let me tell you that we have a unique guest, very unique guest today, who is well known by his great experience in manufacturing industry. He started the, his career at the upstream from quality assurance, production, engineering, maintenance, lean manufacturing, uh, TPM, then being a factory manager, then being a supply chain director for the one of the best multinational companies. And then he, he got uh, the being a regional supply chain director for the same company. And then he is now a manufacturing consultant 
who transformed factories towards the strategical growth. Can I ask you, please, before we go uh, and introduce our lovely guest, we need to have little bit, little bit applause. I said in Ah, you caught me on the foot. Welcome, <laughs> Allah, great. Welcome. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't feel virtual anymore, guys. I mean, it feels <laughs> like uh, I'm, we're like in the same room. Uh, you, got, you, got, you got it all there. Hi, Hi Sam, how are you? Ahmed. Great, to, uh, great to be with you guys, as always. Um, and thank you for the introduction. Thank you for being uh, uh, part of your show today. Um, so, uh, and hopefully it will be a very good discussion with all the audience and with you guys. It's a real pleasure, Hussein, and uh, I believe, as I told you, that many people are asking uh, too much about this episode today. So, uh, I, I need your support if you can give us a little bit uh, for, for people that they know, uh, they want to know you, a little bit about yourself in, uh, in the, your amazing manufacturing experience. Sure. Uh, so, in a nutshell, I'm, I'm a supply guy. I'm a supply guy, end-to-end supply guy. So, uh, probably I did it all, uh, operationally, uh, strategically, and on, in every single step of the supply uh, of the supply chain. Um, I see myself as a problem solver. Um, so, probably this is all what we do in our businesses. We're, we're, we're there to solve problems, um, and it's kind of a passion. Um, I did uh, different roles in, in different multinationals. I did in service companies. I did in... Uh, I did a uh, few jobs as well in the educational uh, side of, uh, of uh, so I used to be a teaching assistant in the beginning of my career. I uh, worked for Danone and great 17 years as well in Mars. Um, so um, so that's that's basically uh, 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 what I do. So I did R&D, industrial engineering, like you said, Ahmed, uh, wow. uh, operations, uh, uh, operations uh, supply chain, uh, production management, plant director uh, in different uh, geog- geographies. Uh, geogra- Geographies in, in, in Southern Egypt as well. Same Great, as, uh, I think we have the best uh, guest today to speak about our topic, Ahmed, about uh, <laughs> supply and supply issues in SNOP and all that. It will be, it that's why that <laughs> it will be a hot topic today. That's yes. why. So before we jump into the core discussion, let's let's welcome our beautiful yes. audience. So we have Amina. Uh, thank Amina. you, Amina, for being there. Thank you for joining us. Uh, our lovely friend Muataz Mustafa, thank you for being Mu'taz. there, uh, Muataz. We have also Shahid Ibrahim. Shahid Ibrahim. And we have uh, uh, Tahira oh, yeah. Saeed. Hello, everyone. Awesome. Nice to see you. Great, great. Thank you. Yes. We have uh, Muhyidol Islam. Uh, thank you yes. for being there. Also, uh, yeah, the show. Thank yes, you. our our lovely audience as yeah. usual. <laughs> we have Lawrence from Nigeria. Our thank friend. You, Lawrence. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for being there. We have also Kevin Wallace. Good Wallace. morning. As I told you at the beginning, maybe good morning, good evening, good, good evening. You never know. <laughs> nice <laughs> to have you here. We have our lovely friend also Abdulaziz Al Khuraif. Thank you, man. Oh, Abdulaziz. Thank yes. you. And we have Ibrahim Al Husseini. So, uh, as usual, wow. amazing audience, as usual. So, let's start the whole discussion 
I believe that it's big conflict today be, between the planning and uh, and and the manufacturing or the make and make team and the planning team. So I think the first question that came into my mind, and I'm asking also our audience, if you have something in your mind, once we started the discussion, please go and interfere, and we'll jump into your question once once we are done from that. So Hussein based on on your experience and i do believe that this time that we have due to vuk and uncertainty that we are surrounded with what is uh, the best characteristic i would say uh, and based on the situation that we have today as a factory manager how how can you deal with this kind of uncertainty uh, that we we have it today especially with the business great question ahmed so honestly, you remember the last last uh, interview together? Uh, it was a few weeks ago, and we discussed uh, we discussed the VUCA, the VUCA situation that we're living in. It, uh, and I mean, there's a lot of uh, changes that's happening around us, and this is something that's becoming like a new norm now. Um, any leader in any business, and specifically when we talk about factory management, it's about being an entrepreneur, having the entrepreneurial mindset. Um, if a factory manager will be looking only at his KPIs as measures, I don't think it will be a very successful mindset uh, uh, in the time being. I think it needs to be done in a way that it's balanced. So measures, and I always believe in KPIs. I always believe in managing the right, the right KPIs, but as well, it needs to be properly balanced with looking at the big picture, which is the whole end-to-end -end, uh, business. So that's, that's the mindset that I think needs to be uh, uh, there with every single plant manager, uh, or uh, an operational leader or a factory uh, leader for in any business. Uh, otherwise, I mean, there will be always two different uh, two different businesses uh, working in parallel, and this is not at any cost. Um, and there was always this kind of example that I always share with the with the teams. At any point of time, if you look at the demand coming from the demand, if we look at the demand planning, at any point of time. If you go to them and saying, okay, I need this SQ demand uh, need from this SQ. And in the same time, you the end of the line in the factory at the number of S at the same quantities for the same SQ, be uh, surprised. Always big difference between what's being asked and from what is uh, used now. So the whole thing is about really looking at the whole business before taking uh, isolations or uh, working titles, basically. Perfect, Hussein. Uh, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm talking only specifically about the whole this topic. So, from a mindset perspective, uh, I mean, there's a lot of other things, definitely, uh, but I think this is the only one that that will really mix uh, can be related to uh, to our topic for today. Perfect. So, <laughs> I'll jump into the core discussion. I love how you uh, you just uh, have the, this structure that how the factory manager should act and think in 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 an entrepreneurial mindset. The first question that I will jump into it. I think we'll dig deep a little bit about that because we want the discussion to be more hot and hot and people will interact with us right now. So if you are in the situation today as a factory manager or at any manufacturing level, I would say, what could be the best way you can follow when there is a capacity constraint from the planning side? Uh, let's uh, let's say uh, I give you an example here that uh, the planning they came guys uh, this is our uh, unconstrained demand and we need this we have x millions we have to sell it but unfortunately because the capacity that we have it at the factory will we'll have a gap of x million because of this capacity 
what is your reaction how, how you would think and how you would help the planning what could be the following steps that you would have okay short 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 question uh, big answer so I think again, um, honestly, I do believe that OMOQ is a great, uh, is the most, I would say, formal excuse to do whatever you want as a plan director. Honestly, uh, let's be. Uh, we, we, I, I promised you guys that we're not going to say textbook answers, correct? Yes. So OMOQs, <laughs> uh, is something that it's a, it's, a, it's a great excuse uh, to decide which SQ do you want to have, which quantities do you want to have, and which SQs you don't want to have. Uh, honestly, uh, because there is a lot of things that can be done on that front. The first question, probably, I'll, I'll, I'll have one step one step back, uh, Ahmed. I think mm -hmm. the question is, how would you measure MOQ? How would we would we uh, do we discuss MOQs? The question is, do we discuss it in units or dollar value? Is it a discussion about technical discussion or is it a financial discussion? It's and honestly, I see, it, I see it, it's a financial discussion. Yes. It is a financial discussion because there is a lot of other options that can be done. And the second challenge that I put here for the audience, and we can have a discussion around it here, is it is MOQ fixed for a specific SQ or not mm -hmm. at any point of time of the year or not? So these are the questions and the answer for me is definitely no, it should not be fixed um, because mm -hmm. there is a lot of variables and I'll give you a couple of examples here. In general, let's just usually year on year, the prices of any SQ goes up, correct? And the production, production costs, yeah. the objective of any plan director, successful plan director, is to reduce the cost of conversion. Mm. And what's MOQ? MOQ is right. your break-even, basically. So it's the cost of what you're selling and the cost of your production. And they're changing every single year, every single month. So how come the MOQ are basically fixed for every single year? And this is kind of, kind of provocations that we need to be needs to be discussed, uh, uh, basically. The second question is, it depends on the site and, and the factory and the type of manufacturing that's happening. There's a big, big difference about the different factories, because it's not about the conversion cost only of the factory. There's the fixed and the variable, which is a big, uh, a big uh, a variable in deciding uh, what's your MOQ. So the higher your fixed and the lower is your MOQ, correct? Yes. The lower is your fixed, the, the, mm. if the variable is higher, the MOQ is higher. So mm. again, it's another factor of looking at the MOQs. So I think that the point here is that MOQ is something that's very variable, it's very changeable. Um, and I think we need to be looking at it in a different, in a, a bit of a different perspective. And honestly, my own experience, I discuss MOQs when I have a lot of capacities on the line. Uh, and this is where I start to say, you know what, guys, don't, this is my MOQ, this is my, not my MOQ. And I start to agree or disagree on what I can put on the line because I'm, I'm, I'm like 95% utilization. If I have a production line stopped, I don't discuss MOQs. I take whatever it takes. Because there is no factory now, as we speak now, that's below 50% fixed cost. I don't know it, honestly. Uh, mm. I don't know if 50% uh, less than fixed cost. It depends on the manufacturer, of course, I'm talking mainly about the FMCGs. So um, again, it's, 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 it's a good discussion. And there's another thing as well that we need to, um, to check. And sometimes I, I decide my MOQ as the MOQ of my suppliers. Because if I have yes. an MOQ from yes. my supplier, this is my MOQ as well. So I don't yeah. put any, I don't, I don't change it. Correct. Yeah. So these yes, are yes. the kind of tricks to look at the MOQ at, at, and, and the vari variation uh, and what needs to be uh, uh, basically pushed uh, back. Um, and, and
uh, sometimes, uh, as Hussein, as you're saying, sorry to interrupt you, sometimes ties the people uh, from, from the demand side and the sales to put any orders. The, this MOQ, so we as uh, supplier manufacturing, we tell them you're not uh, satisfying the MOQ, so don't uh, don't waste our time. <laughs> Great point, Hamasi. And I think this yes. is, I mean, this is spot on. This was my next point, actually. Thank you. Yes. Uh, you know it all. Uh, I yes. mean, so MOQ cannot be discussed without the economic order quantity, the EOQ. Yes. Uh, and I don't want yes. to get hooked here into the terminologies. But yes. if they know, there is no, what is the right demand that needs to be taken? You know, the MOQ, exactly. the first thing in MOQ is the demand coming from the demand, demand exactly. planners, basically. And yeah. it can go, you can go. You can go in different directions if you don't have a proper understanding what are the uh, demand that's coming to you on on, uh, on your way. Um, and again, it's back to the industry itself. So uh, uh, um, a factory that produces steel, glass, uh, billet, uh, definitely the MOQ, the MOQ will be like, uh, I would like to have my 365 days. I cannot stop the factory. Uh, I cannot stop the ovens and I have to produce. Um, if an FMCG, I mean, come on guys, uh, there's always a way out. Yes. I'm saying uh, uh, I don't have uh, enough capacity to produce. Always a way out. Uh, honestly, there is, there is. We worked in FMCG. Uh, there is uh, semi-finished goods you can keep stocks in uh, and uh, and mix according to which market it's going on. So there is uh, always a way out, right? In an FMCG, you have flexibility. That's what good. And uh, also the manufacturing life uh, of, of the product usually gives you more flexibility in, uh, in FMCG. I believe. Yeah. Exactly. Same. And the simplicity, guys. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, if you can look at the yeah, variance, can, if you can look at the variance at the number of SQUs, that's the first discussion that needs to happen. Why do I have all of this? I remember back in some of these, uh, had the, like small consultancy for a, for a factory in Egypt line, and they were, the guys were like adding packaging machines, yeah. one for and one for glass. They keep adding packaging machines to just for the sake of uh, uh, adding utilization, and this is the kind of the first decision decision that is being taken to kind of stop the um, so why do you have yes. all of these SQs? Why don't mm -hmm. you simplify? Um, sometimes the question is for the rationalization. Yeah. Correct? <laughs> Correct. The question is are we hooked in the KPIs? Uh, uh, are we into really the KPIs of, of the efficiency? Um, if the efficiency, uh, if the cost uh, per ton will yes. go down. Uh, but my if I pull down, I say, you know what, I cannot take it because my efficiency will go, will go in the wrong direction. This is a good discussion of understanding how do we define efficiency. So yes. this is the kind of discussion that needs to happen as well with mm -hmm. in the factory. I think there is a bottleneck, uh, is the bottleneck in the line, in the, in the factory, in, sorry, in the machine. And this is where you start talking with the maintenance, with the, with the engineering team before going to the investment levels that usually uh, needs to come at the last at, at, at the last at the later stage yes usually uh, usually as we were discussing uh, sometimes uh, as you said also for the job that you had as consultancy and all the first thing is uh, let's uh, let's invest without thinking about solving the bottlenecks or or trying to, to find find a way over time anything to to stop this uh, investment and even check the demand because the demand maybe there is seasonality maybe you have two three months that you will use all the capacity then nine months you are uh, free doing nothing or using exactly. 10 or 15 days of, uh, of the capacity so these are the things that uh, should be addressed i think uh, mostly in the SNOP between the when uh, uh, balancing the supply and demand uh, i can't agree more ahmed yes and, and i would say yes. also 
adding up to for sure all what you have done it's amazing but what i'm saying that business acumen for the factory managers because i believe factory managers maybe they are at the the beginning of the 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 the, the, the upstream itself but they are they are they're blinded away what's happening in the business so business acumen itself it's it's a it, it can play a big role on taking the right decisions because most people uh, as you said the uh, hussein and the hamamsi most factory managers they they keep focusing only on one kpi i don't care i want my oee uh, to be the best so i, I want to reduce the cost yes i, I want, want to have longer run i want to I want the products that are easy to yes. run on the factory yes. so they are just focus on where they are not aligned with the vision of the, of the, of the company or they just want to reduce the cost as, uh, as uh, this, 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 exactly but whatever action you are taking right now i'm, I'm talking about from the moq point of view just uh, uh, compare it with your cycle stock what do i mean here that any uh, proper or uh, longer run it will affect drastically your inventory levels because this, the if I have, let's say, one MOQ will cover me like seven, eight months or something like that, and I say, guys, no, I, this is my MOQ. The planning will will produce it, but at the end of the day, what will be the effect on the business? Because this is cash. You, it's almost your investment. It's asset, right? But what will be that? It could be obsolete stock. It would be. It could be uh, tends to be uh, below shelf lifetime. Whatever I'm talking also about the uh, the consumer goods industry. Whatever. Yeah. All of this. This is also kind of risks. So just this rigid mindset should be changed because once once people i believe that they understand what is the reason and how what will be the implication if i do this what will be affect it will affect which uh, which nodes in the supply chain they will understand it this is this is a point which i want to say it's business acumen and 100% and, and, and probably a build here um, you know that moqs one of the uh, um, uh, variables of the moq is the stocks uh, as part of that, because how much are you producing? How much from raw material are you getting? Is impacting and this impacts your MOQ. But again, for MO, for FMCG, it should not be a big deal. Uh, I mean, everything needs to be coming as a negotiation, guys. Uh, I mean, supply and demand. There is always a discussion. The beauty of SNOP as well. Um, yeah. If an MOQ comes to on your way, it doesn't make sense. This is where the SNOP will go back to the SNOP process, and this is where we discuss a proper discussion: supply and demand. For example, you know, Antenna, you have a season and you would like to pre-produce for some SQs. Though I'll go for the SNOP asking, if I want this MOQ, please make sure that you reduce my existing stocks from the other, yeah. clear out the stocks from the warehouse <laughs> so it doesn't impact my cash. I mean, this is a kind of discussion that needs to happen. It needs to happen, I mean, on a weekly basis and uh, it depends, and uh, I'm sure that you guys know all of that, uh, uh, depends on which cycle and which part of the SNOP is helping to uh, is, is helping with that. Yeah. So a business acumen is very important. And there's one clear point here um, that you guys have been mentioned, very important point, the KPIs and the dashboard. It is very important and, and please, uh, it's, um, I want to be very clear about that. I don't let go my KPIs by any means. Huh? I, I, I'm a KPIs mm -hmm. guy. So the question is, do we have the right KPIs or not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we measuring the right KPI in the right time? Sometimes it's not the right time. If it doesn't make sense at this contradiction with the bigger and the, the business acumen, like Ahmed was saying, it doesn't make sense with the PNL, which by the end of the day, it's not a charity, correct? It's, it's a business. Mm -hmm. So if the KPI does not make sense with the PNL, this is the time to revise the KPI or deciding of posing one of the KPIs and introducing another new one. Yes. This is the kind of discussion that needs to happen on a business level, which is back to the business acumen that you were just men mentioning. Yeah.
1000% and I love what, how you put it in because at the end of the day it's all there is a conflict let's let's be let's agree and this is that's why our role inside corporation to solve this conflict but the the game it's not to be biased by your KPIs and even 100%. it will overcome the, the business uh, results because at the end they were here to achieve financials to achieve whatever we have based on the vision of the company itself this is what do I want. One thing also, I want to have it like a story. It the, the things that for for MOQs, some people they they will they will ask you that also. Hassan, uh, I do believe when you define the MOQ, the first thing if I'm in planning side, I need to understand why why should I have MOQ and what is the reason of MOQ. And I'll give you an example on that point. When I used to work in in the, in the factory. Uh, and I understand the whole uh, process end to end inside the factory itself. So when I moved into the, the supply planning for the same factory, I understand everything. When I stayed with the factory team, they defined the MOQs. And one of the SQs, uh, I believe that there was uh, the coverage, it was six months based on the MOQ itself. And when I started to ask, they told me, this is, this is the MOQ. I asked why. This is because of the continuous production, and you know, because when you have when you have the capability understanding the process itself, I'm saying this for the planning team to understand how the the, the line is flowing from the make, from the pack, from every everything in the flow itself to understand it. Why I'm saying this? Because we solved this MOQ by one thing. We realized that the variant, I would say, the bill of material, we have one of uh, the variants. There are two SQs, one regular and one promoted. Okay, the regular and the promotion has the same MOQ, which is they they they, told, they said it's a minimum technical batch. Okay, yeah. yeah. So how did we solve it? You know what's the difference between the two SQs? It's two, two totally different uh, codes. How yeah. did we solve? Yeah. Only by run strategy, I run this SQ, the regular one, and then we change the bundle and put the the, the new uh, the, the promotion itself in the bundle itself and then run the, the line the same packaging only the difference it's printed back so there is no MOQ there is no MOQ we oversolve it so these small things I believe because of understanding the the, the, the flow and the process of line itself and uh, planning make teams sit on the same table discussing all the challenges itself they they can solve many things 100 percent. And, and again Ahmed, i think what you're saying is is the great uh, discussion as well about ideas and how important is ideas to solve for a specific mm. problem which is moqs um and again guys uh, it's very important to understand moqs is a direction by 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 by, yani by, by any means it's not a, a fixed number um uh, it is a direction uh, and it depends on the industry and the type of operation. So a job shop production, uh, where a workshop production, where a guy gets uh, uh, a new shift to be opened for a fact for, for his workshop, of course, there's an MOQ. And we cannot even debate about, about MOQ. Um, a factory uh, uh, recruiting a thousand person uh, uh, day in, day out, uh, and the utilization goes up and down. The co a big challenge, why do you need MOQ uh, uh, if you fix cost that high? So it really, if, a, if a factory is opening a new shift uh, instead of two shifts per, per day, a third shift, yes, there is an MOQ. So this is the kind of big directions that help saying, you know what, I need an MOQ. Mm. Uh, specific example, what you're saying, Ahmed, yes, you don't need an MOQ. The question is, uh, are you putting the right focus behind the right problem? Uh, are we solving for the right problem or not? 
um, and this is this is this is basically how 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 we see it. Um, uh, there's a small trick as well uh, that you guys probably know about that. If a factory with five, six, ten production lines, the cost mm. of uh, you don't have a, a proper uh, SKU-based costing, correct? Uh, usually, yes. it's not that accurate. It's all mm. about allocation. You're allocating your cost by line. Okay. So the yes. question is, when you say this line, this MOQ for this line is X. How much did you allocate for that line in the, from the, yes, in the first beginning? Correct. So this is the kind of challenges and questions that needs to happen, and it's not a fixed number. It's a it's a guideline mm. to open the right discussion with the right stakeholders. Yes, yes, uh, beautiful. I think we'll come back to our audience. Yeah, because let's go back to the audience. I see a lot of yeah. interesting comments and questions. Yeah. Yes, I, I will jump into questions, guys, again yeah. because. The time time that we have so uh we have here i will jump into shady he's saying almost steel industries and cement uh, and most of heavy industries are using mts techniques make to stock that for sure for sure thank you uh, shady for your interference and guys by the way i'm asking you please ask us any questions we jump into it uh, because of the time so feel free to ask feel free to interfere because i don't see too much questions ask us whatever you want um uh, we have also uh taha larian he's saying uh, speaking of cost per ton how can we maintain targets while we are squeezed uh, between recession and inflation okay it's, it's a very good question yeah so i think it's uh, i think it's very good um and again um let's not fall in the trap of scale is key to improve my cost per ton because I, I totally disagree with that. It's a big discussion. Um, and thank you, Taha, for raising this question. Uh, scale definitely is not, um, uh, it's only one variable for improving your cost per ton. Uh, but honestly, um, a recession, variability, uh, 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 volatility of demand is a great opportunity for improvement, either small steps or either transformation improvement. Um, uh, and really, the question is, are we producing the right SQs? If you're asking it to be very specific to answer your problem, the, the question here, are you producing the right set of SQs? Do you so have, do you need all of mixed. these SQs? One gram less or one gram more does not mean that you have a product, a new SQ. Uh, mm. A red color instead of, of the yellow does not mean that you should have another SQ. And this is where you have a proper discussion with the right management. And definitely, if you, uh, for me, the way I do it, honestly, if I have this kind of volatility, I my intention is to go less with my volumes, to work two shifts instead of three shifts. That's that's one example. So wow, it's another way around to look, to look at it. Uh, it depends where you are and what you're having. If you have three production lines, stop one, stop one completely, and this is how you reduce, you simplify, you rationalize your production, and make sure mm. that you're focusing on the right things. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, this will come you, with some tough decisions, uh, but but this is how it works. You reminded me of a lot of projects I worked on on unifying labels and uh, to lessen the SQs and rationalizing SQs based on profit. And then you find uh, uh, someone telling you, know, this is an old SQ. It's a strategic SQ. You cannot uh, sacrifice this, uh, this product and all this. <laughs> <laughs> this is for our brothers and sisters for marketing. For sure, yes. there is always conflict, but, but almost of the SQs, it will be strategic once it, it yes. comes to rationalization. It will be yes. out of the market. It will be a, a strategic SQs. That's yes. why. <laughs> okay, I, I'll come back uh, to our lovely audience. So um, 
I, I don't see too too many questions right now, but I, I, once I see any question, I will jump into it directly. Sure. Uh, okay, uh, I have one question in my mind, uh, Hussein. Uh, I believe that many many factory managers are uh, are there online right now. But uh, what could be the best way if depends on our situation right now and this uncertainty that we face what would be the best way to reduce the factory cost from your perspective if you are now uh, as a factory manager what would be the uh, system thinking that you have in your mind to help them to reduce their cost accordingly very good um uh, again cost there's two things when it talks up when we talk about cost cost is cost reduction uh, efficiency in the way we do business and this is a lot of KPIs are supporting that efficiencies changeover uh, 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 cost per uh, utilization per utilization per man hour all of these measures are helping really to improve your cost per ton but there's a big thing that is is sometimes we don't really put a lot of focus on is too variable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean this should be an objective, I would put it this as a first priority, even before the cost cutting or the cost efficiencies. Mm. Moving your fixed into variable will open a lot of room for big decisions that will big that will have a bigger impact than the small changes that you do or the small KPIs. Moving it from a 90% fixed to 60% fixed is a complete different game. This is where you decide yeah. on your shifts, you decide on your number of lines, you decide on the warehouses. It's a big, it's a big, it's a different game. So um, a very short answer, I would really advise for the volatility, where there's a lot of volatility and production lines are up and down, depends on where we are in the months and where we are in the season, I would really mm -hmm. look at uh, the fixed and variable. And there's a lot of big, big and very important tools that can be used uh, uh, to improve. Um, and the second thing, uh, probably it's a, it's a really, let's really depend on the ideas coming from the floor. Uh, and this is where the idea generation programs, this is where the ideas come from the line. Um, I don't want to get into these common answers where all the TPM, all the lean tools and all the TPM uh, stuff, the maintenance, um, looking at the KPIs in a different way, for example. Um, two production lines at a downtime 10%, and then and 10 percent does not mean that you're spending the same cost by the way from a maintenance perspective yes. correct if yes. your mean time to repair and mean time between failure is different on two different lines this is a completely different cost yeah. though both of them are downtime at 10 percent mm -hmm. so a proper understanding of the kpis double clicking on some of the important kpis that mm. we usually have in the meetings and discuss it without really understanding it's another game as well wow well, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I will jump into another question. I think it came also in my mind when when you speak about this. So, uh, in the current situation, and I do believe also factory managers they face these uh, these things to be flexible in in as you said, just to move the fixed cost to be variable. Okay. So, what's your opinion? What's your yes. opinion? I'm saying that I believe that labor cost is is playing a big role inside the the cost per ton the conversion cost in most factories then depends on the industry itself but in your in your based on your philosophy or based on your experience to shift this uh, the percentage i would say you have a third party labors 
and the permanent laborers at this point. Labors. Yes, yeah. casual laborers or just uh, permanent. If you are in this position today, what you will do, how much you will take, I would say the percentage of that laborers in, in the casual and the permanent contract uh, labor that you have, uh, the permanent employee, based on what? Because it's it's a big question mark, how many laborers in, how, how many laborers yeah. there? Mm. Yeah, so, so Ahmed, there is no, uh, honestly, there is no magic answer on this one because it really depends on the industry and depends on the size of the factory, the different uh, uh, technologies in one factory. Uh, um, and there's a lot of big discussions on that front. Um, mm. The first point where you start talking about fixed and variable is to really mm. understand where is the opportunities to shuffle production lines. And I think this one, this mm. is key, is a key thing for me. So which line can produce what? Second thing is, like I said before, it's rationalizing your 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 uh, factory and really understanding what is needed to produce and uh, to uh, very important to have on the line and what not mm. or less important. Um, analysis needs to be happening. What's your base? I mean, like the planning. What's your base and what's and down? And this is the kind of information that needs to be feeded back uh, to the demand side. And this is where you start challenging the different. SQs that keep coming have the space to move from 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 uh, fixed to variable. Honestly, the last thing I use looking at is the labor side. But as well, I'm very I'm very selective when I say okay, I need we need to hire. So it's it's from the beginning. So do we need to hire? And why do we, are we hiring? Why we're not using a crew from a different production on production line one, and use this crew on the production line two instead of hiring new teams. Uh, because honestly, if you look at it, mm. the volatility now used to be 15%. I think the volatility now is not less than 30% uh, uh, as volatility that we can, we're seeing here, especially on the FMCG side. Uh, um, of course, it depends on the industry. Thank sometimes, you. Sometimes, sometimes yeah, I think you can also shuffle the labor and uh, put them in uh, another uh, department if there is a high volatility of demand. <laughs> Just to exactly matrix organization, and you can upskill those uh, those people 100%. instead of, uh, of letting uh, letting them go. For example, hundred percent. Like that, and and, and uh, thinking out of the box, the question is, yeah. and I give you a small example here. Uh, why not? Why not doing some alliances with some other yes. uh, uh, some other companies yes. uh, the high season of chocolate season of ice cream exactly. correct so mm. why not having this yes. i mean honestly this is this is this is new this is something that needs to be discussed uh with the right forums with the right uh, we need to look to be looking at the bigger picture here uh, especially on the temperance yes. uh, uh hiring and firing approach does not work honestly uh it's, True. it's there's a lot of 100%. risk there is a lot of risk that comes with that especially uh with the food industry True. thank you we have uh, many questions in the GIT, I would say. So we have uh, uh, our friend, uh, Shadil Jackie is saying, when can we say that uh, chase strategy is better than level strategy? I think this is a demand question more. I'll take it, Ahmed. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the, on the demand, actually. It depends on the product. So if you have product that has stable demand, so you will use uh, level. If you have product that you, you have to chase the demand of something that, that then you, it depends on the demand. 
you're chasing uh, the demand going ups and downs, it's uh, it's risky, especially in these days. And we don't have there is high volatility, so 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 it's very hard to use the chase strategy. Where you will uh, you will face a lot of problems in the, in the stocks and all that. So it really depends, of course, in the industry. But I think it's uh, it's it's more of a more of a demand question. I don't know if you guys uh, yes. need to add uh, need to add something else on that. I agree. Yeah. I can just add one thing over over uh, over that. I believe that it's more related into the downstream. It's not the yeah. upstream, but it's valid. Sure. Still valid question. Uh, I believe it's all about the strategy itself and the two things that you have to understand at uh, this point. What is your ba baseline and cannibalization for True. each casting unit and the promotion itself? Based on that, I'm, I'm talking like uh, like a, a zoom out view. Based on that, you can say that is it chase or is it level strategy? Because the, this this will give you like an eye. If I have, let's say, I have a baseline of 20% and my my promotion, it's 80%. It will be totally different if I have it's 80% baseline and 20% uh, uh, promotions. So I think you have most of most of the time, Ahmed, we're using like hybrid strategy. So. Uh, for some SQs, for example, depending on the ABC or depending on the 8020, we're using this strategy, and for others, we're using level. So it's a mix always. Uh, Hussein, what do you think about that? You're expert in everything, so I can ask you in supply <laughs> and demand. No, 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 not, not really. My not, reference not in everything. <laughs> not, not true. No, no, I, I think you guys had the perfect answer. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hope Thank that you. we answered you, uh, Shady. We'll jump into the next question. We have uh, Hazem Hafiz Regab. He's saying that. Nice. Would you please question, give yeah. example for moving fixed cost item to variable yeah. investment. So, spare parts, okay. spare parts for room, spare parts for your machine, consignment stocks. That's that's one for you. Um, uh, outsource your services. Uh, honestly, do you really need to have services in house? Um, mm. Let's look at it uh, from a different perspective. I mean, transportation, for example. I know companies till now. They're not outservicing your, their, their transportation for their labor and, 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 and their employees. So why would you do that? Uh, why we don't you outsource um, the maintenance of your chillers, for example, for a factory? Uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, so again, this is the kind of, I mean, it comes with a higher cost. But I mean, this is not the discussion here. The discussion is if I have enough volumes, if my factory is properly utilized, I'm perfectly fine to pay 10, 15% more, but for a variable cost. It makes yeah. a lot of difference. Mathematically, it makes a lot of difference. So there's a lot of examples that that moving from fixed to variable. And 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 the question is, are you are we willing to take these discussions? Are we willing to put this into uh, into the table? Um, and small things can make a lot of difference. Uh, by the way, uh, and again, depends on the industry. Uh, mm. uh, uh, that that would be. Uh, I mean, co-manufacturing in general. Uh, mm. I mean, why would you invest? Uh, why would you invest in your in your factory if you co-man? If you can mm -hmm. co-man, basically. Why would you invest in Coman if you can rent a line? Um, mm -hmm. uh, this is the kind of question that needs to be raised. Um, getting assets, getting people very wise on the short term, yes. Uh, on the on the medium longer term, definitely it will be a, a problem that we'll have to face uh, later at later stage. Hopefully, Hazim, I answered your question. I think it's a perfect answer. Very clear. Very My clear. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Hassan. I will jump to the next question. Our friend Ahmad Al Shafi, he's asking, how can we manage MOQs while we are, are outsourcing production of some of our products? How do we decide a trade-offs between manufacturing products internally versus outsourcing while staying in control? Thank you. Beautiful. Very, Beautiful. Very, 
Yes, very, very nice question about that. Probably uh, outsourcing is what? Outsourcing is co-manufacturing or outsourcing from or importing? Uh, I'm, I'm, probably I'm, I'm, I believe uh, it's like something between make or buy, I would say. Yes. Make or buy. Make yeah. or buy decision. Yes. Make or buy decision. I think it's it's a good question for, uh, for that. Okay. Definitely. I mean, uh, so what? Uh, so should we come? When should we decide to go outside of our of producing in-house? So that that's, yeah. this is the way I, I interpret the question. Previous insourcing yes. versus outsourcing. I mean, if you have a line and goes up to hundred percent, I mean, don't fall into the mistake of eighty-five because the volatility goes up <laughs> and goes down. And yes. All of these discussions, guys. This is not. This is not what we're here yes. for. We're just giving the whole true fact here. And yes, be short in production. And yes, at some point of time, said, say, okay, you know what? I only managed to give you 90% case fill. I'm perfectly fine with that. After the 100%, come in, start co-manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And this is where you decide on that before taking a few, few boxes that we just talked about uh, earlier in, the, in this discussion. Rationalize your products. Make sure that you have the right SQs the right changeover matrix between SQ and SQ. So this is very important as well. Uh, make sure as well that uh, uh, the crew, uh, uh, basically who are working are capable crew. Make sure that your line is efficient enough. Uh, I mean, don't go for command if you have a 70% efficiency, come on. So there's, there's a problem in-house that needs to be solved before deciding on, of co-manufacturing. Yeah. Understand properly your, your bottleneck. Is your bottleneck, it's kind of a, a deep bottlenecking, like I need to increase the servo motor? I mean, come on. So why would I go for a co-manufacturing? Uh, if the problem is a small machine with a couple of hundred, uh, couple of thousand dollars that I need to sort for, then this is probably something that I will pay. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, no, that's okay. <laughs> I'm not sure even how to mute. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, 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 so we I can hear This is, this is, yeah, this is basically... It's okay. You can so, go ahead. It's not a big yeah, noise. Anyway, uh, yeah. anyway, so so I think this is all. These boxes needs to be ticked before deciding on co-manufacture on going outside. If there is no line in house and decision between co-man and new new production line for a new product, definitely go for co-manufacture. Great. Yes. Uh, I think it's to the point, uh, uh, very clear. I would add just one thing over and above. Uh, I believe also it's about the business strategy itself. Because yes. I would say make or buy, it depends on the business strategy. If the business strategy itself, uh, I'm looking to reduce the cost itself. So we have to look into the, uh, the, the landed cost, I would say. Look at it. Is it better for you to have it uh, outsourced? And see the land cost versus the the total cost that you will have it if you local if you have the local manufacturing itself. This this is one point. And if if you are uh, I'm talking about the MOQs, I believe it 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 plays a big role. That's why we spoke about it, Ahmad, at the beginning that uh, MO, MOQ should be treated very carefully and understanding what is the the challenge. And I I, I, I try to understand your question till now, but if it's something. Uh, that you need to cl clarify more please ask us more question if we didn't get because because the question is very uh is very challenging it's very challenging and it's also like you're saying depends on the vision of the company sometimes the company wants to open a totally new business so 
For example, as Hussein was uh, saying, if it's uh, something that you don't want to invest or start, to, so you can outsource this business at the start, or you're going to a totally different uh, different uh, industry, tapping into different industry to increase your profitability. So there is a lot of uh, to discuss in this uh, in this in this point. It's uh, it's not uh, it's not only about factories, and it's not only about it's uh, very strategic, uh, I think, and it's a great question for Ahmed Shafi. Yes. Uh, happy happy to explore it further, Ahmed, if you want to as well. Thank you. Please let us know, Ahmed, if you have any further questions. So, uh, um, till we jump into another questions, I have something in my mind, Hussein, which is, we'll come back to the same point, which we, we, when you have uh, um, a permanent constraints, I wouldn't speak about rough cut capacity planning, but I would say on a higher level, when there is, uh, on a specific resource, uh, there is some constraints uh, because I would say that capacity utilization it moved into the risk zone. I would say eighty-five uh, percent, sometimes one hundred percent, sometimes one hundred twenty percent. All of this. What is the best way? I believe that based on your experience, what is the best way to deal with these things? Are you willing quickly as a factory manager to go and move into capex, guys? Yes, there is a, there is a red uh, red zone here. Yeah, Please let yeah, me know. Yeah. You move into that quickly, or what do you think from your experience? No, honestly, honestly, uh, a short answer. No, I don't do that. Uh, and definitely, the last thing I would like to have is to increase my assets uh, in the factory more and more. Um, uh, because by the end of the day, uh, a very efficient factory will definitely have volumes later on more and more on the medium and longer term. Um, an asset per ton, it is a KPI by itself as well. Uh, the footprint of a factory, uh, the utilization of footprints is, is the KPIs. And these KPIs usually is not discussed uh, enough. Um, so, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of things that needs to be done. And the last thing comes at the end. Yes, I would like to have uh, a new uh, capex or a new production line, new machines. And honestly, uh, I would do that. I'll give you a magic number. Huh? It's a magic. Uh, this is the way I, I read numbers: thirty to forty percent higher than my existing capacity. I would have. I would start having a discussion about capex. This uh, this reminds me of something. Hassan, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> Sometimes when this is known that there is a, some constraint or some capacity, you'll find some sales, a lot of sales orders coming on this area. <laughs> so so this is the kind of conflicts that happen and should be solved in sales and operations. So sales will be trying to get to production this order. So you cannot supply us. Sometimes these orders are not uh, true. Let's be honest. Sometimes these are fake orders or some something like that. To cover that they are not uh, reaching their budget and that some this this is because I lived through through these kind of uh, discussions and and these kind of uh, of challenges. So we must also be uh, sure that this demand is, is true or this this is not like fake demand or something that is uh, that is made up or, or, or orders that 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 will not come at the end after making this capex will not fulfill the the capacity. This just came to my mind. Yes. <laughs> no, no, 100%. I fully agree. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of noise. Come on, guys. The numbers in any business, uh, uh, in your own business and in, in a big company, there's a lot of noise in the, the numbers. So let's make sure first before we deciding on investing that the numbers are lean. There's mm. no facts yes. uh, in these numbers. Um, and and, and the, the example that comes to my mind as well, um, Honestly, I was always lucky to have different great teams, uh, especially on the factory side, uh, uh, talking about that matter specifically. 
And um, when I talk about 100% utilization for the for the months, it's perfectly fine because 100% it's perfectly fine. It is already including my maintenance shifts, whatever you do. Mm. But again, if you go and ask the team and go to the factory, guys, I have 100% utilization. I need 10% more from you. And you just go back to your office or to your desk. <laughs> it's done. Honestly, it's done. There is always a way out. Small takes yeah. and trips. I mean, 15, 20%. No, this is a joke, kind of. There's a problem with the way we're measuring capacity here. Um, mm. But again, 10%, there is always something to be done. So why why would you have a 10, 10 hours maintenance shift in in, in a high high utilization uh, months? So go for eight. It's I think it's fine. Yeah. You will have many other months that will come. You can use 14 hours of maintenance. Yes. And this is the kind of flexibility that needs to be discussed. Yes. I'm just yes. giving an example here. Um, yeah. Uh, and and uh, a small whoop, uh, work in progress, uh, can, can do the job. No, uh, for a 10%. So all of these small ticks and small uh, uh, tips can, can make a lot of difference, especially uh, before deciding on buying new assets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I have also lovely, lovely story about that. And I tell you that most probably that every, every decision, it comes to the business strategy itself. So I'll give you an example that there was one SQ and I love what Hamamsi was speaking about, <laughs> about the sales, how, how they will find some manipulators. Yes. So, uh, I love sales. I love yes. people in sales. So there is no harm about that at all. <laughs> but I'm talking authentically what I, I would say. Once there is any constraint, they know that there is a capacity constraint always on a line, something like that. Guys, we have orders here. We yes. cannot we didn't achieve this. We have a problem. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I'm, I'm saying this uh, specific example, because the lack of business acumen. I'll give you an example. There was some S one SQ, okay? And this SQ, we have always a constraint, uh, uh, always constrained every month, every month, every month, which we're losing as uh, top line sales, X amount of millions, okay? For this category. And uh, at one point of time, uh, people said, we need to invest, we need to have CapEx. We are losing demand, we are losing, we are losing. And based on the category strategy, we are looking into the margin. Not I'm sorry, I'm not talking about profit. I'm talking about the margin. Okay. So when we jump into this conclusion for this SQ, we realize that uh, yes, we'll have a capex. Okay, have this capex, but it will be totally accountable and uh, costing wise, it will be totally accountable under this SQ. And this SQ once when when we had this in the PNL, we realized that this SQ has a margin of 20, 21 percent. Okay, mm -hmm. we're losing. And when, when you put this depreciation, what will happen? It will be a negative margin. You got <laughs> so because you, you will allocate because this line will be fully dedicated for this SQ. For this SQ only, yeah. So yeah, why should I invest at the end of the day? <laughs> let it let it be like that, unless unless there is something. That's why the Bible, I I, I would say the Bible for the business, it's coming back to the strategy itself. Yes, it yes. could be constrained, and we are all know we, we know that there is a constraint, and we know what where it will take us. That's why no, no uh, demand, demand, please. I need no, to talk. You need uh, bigger study, size of yes. the market. You need to go to size of the market, prioritizing, and, 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 prioritizing the markets that you're selling yes. in. There is a lot of uh, things. Yeah, go the same, please. And, and the margin of the SQ itself, and the margin. Yeah. If a uh, 60, 70 percent margin SQ, I would do anything to do produce it, even if it's like two cases. <laughs> Correct. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, if the margin of the product now itself, and again, is, is a very small quantity. This is where this is where the questions needs to be. Uh, yeah. raised uh, and again i think to be very honest and balanced as well i think the problem is that 
by the end of the by the end of the day, a factory is is quite um, a constrained environment. I would say the demand is not, and this is where the challenge comes on our way always. Uh, and this is where I see that you guys, uh, as a national P experts, I think you guys play a great role in getting these two together and making sure that the balance is there. Uh, and putting and and putting the business acumen side of things, I think this is where the SNOP. Uh, I mean, uh, any good business should have this process as 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 part of the balance that, that they're looking for. Thank you, Hussein. Ahmed Shafai he he confirmed that uh, the question was clear. So it's thank okay, you, Ahmed. Great, Ahmed. Thank you so much. I will, <laughs> I will jump into the other the, the, the next question. So we have Karim El Komi, uh, co manufacturing. Uh, how to control the quality of other side? It's a lot of the king of quality. Karim, I think it's uh, I think it's very straightforward. And I, in my early career, I used to do this job. Okay, so uh, I was working for a company that they used to produce and exp- uh, export uh, different SQs and different uh, manufacturing products. I mean, starting from uh, agriculture side, uh, metal work, uh, textile, polypropylene bags. And they, they didn't have one single factory and the guys were, were dealing with millions. And I, I think there was another question here about the Egypt uh, co-man and co- that probably it will be coming on the way. And maybe yeah. this is the, answering the, the question as well. So I think in Egypt now, this is coming more and more popular, the co-manufacturing. And I mean, the, the answer is invest in getting a resource on the line of the co-man or the co-pack staying there as mm-hmm. part of your contract. True. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. End of the line quality checks or batch checks when the product comes on your way or when it's exported, it's too late, my friend. Mm-hmm. So this is why co-manufacturing doesn't work. If you want to co-man, get um, a high quality, uh, reliable resource staying there for the three shifts, not only one shift. Mm-hmm. Staying there, making sure that the quality is produced as per the required standard and stops the line if it mm. doesn't and this should be part of the contracts from the first place yes and this was used to be my job like 18 19 years ago wow. yes it's it's uh, like uh, what enjoying enjoying stopping lines <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I like you know manufacturing quality and maintenance yeah, always yeah. as a company yeah, I love no, also i did i did this in, in marketing i used to go and check on the line and to also to check the quality because it's the image of the brand yeah. and uh, i used to go with the, with the team so i'd go with someone like hussein or something as part of the marketing to check yeah so yes it's very important this uh, this is very important because it's the image of the brand at the end if you have like uh, the shrink wrap is uh, easily cut or whatever the printing does not look uh, good or that it's uh, you're hurting the image of the brand Well, it's not consistent because if you're using uh, different co-manufacturers, you must have also consistency on the quality of the colors and all that. That's why I I wanted to to say it again. It's all about many, many companies, big companies, even at this point when they they co-manufacture, they focus, you know, in one point, which is the cost. Exactly. (laughs) There is there is a brand image. It will hit yes. the equity of the brand itself if the, if you don't have the proper quality uh, inspection at the right time. So they will say, guys, he is good. This co-packer or this co-manufacturer is good. He has this capability. But then if there is any problem in the market, you will have a big losses in, in your uh, brand reputation. That's why it's it's very nice question from Karim. One complaint from a customer can cost you a lot and uh, the, the hundreds. <laughs> 
and the beauty of Coman and Copac and co manufacturing is that is is are very very uh, focused in doing the what they do best. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if you call many specific product, the probability, by the way, it's the other way around. The risk is less, honestly. Mm-hmm. The question oh. is, do we have the right communication with this co-man? Are we having clarity on what we expected yes, from quality? Mm-hmm. Because honestly, quality is not KPIs and measures that you give a piece of paper. This is your quality parameters produced with these quality parameters mm-hmm. and that's it. It's about a bit of training. It's the learning curve. And once the guys are there, I mean, this is what they do for years and years. So why, why, why the challenge would be higher? versus you as a business who put getting a new product in place and starting from scratch, getting the learnings and, and, and getting your own learning curve uh, uh, in place, basically. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I mean, great opportunity. I mean, from, from a co-manufacturing and co-packing uh, perspective, uh, as a mindset, as, and, as, and like you guys said previously, I do think it needs to be part yes. of any uh, strategy time being, especially with this volatility that we're facing. Yes. Thank you, I sent you. You put it on the on the spot. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I will come to the next question. We have too many engagement today. <laughs> so we have Abdurrahman Nawar. He said that I believe that co-packing and commanding is great for new markets, product testing. But is it sustainable on um, the long term, especially in Egypt? Yeah, this is the question that you're highlighting before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yes. Uh, uh, answer is yes, uh, with the right management of the co-man, because co- managing a co-manufacturing uh, or a co-producer uh, uh, or co-packer, it's, mm. there's a science behind it. Uh, yeah. It's not like process. It's a contractual uh, process that needs to be very clear with the right penalties, with the right KPIs, with the right pay for performance, uh, with the right resources from your side on their side. And yes, longer term, um, I mean, there's a lot of business who are still so far. I, I just gave example like a few minutes ago. Uh, for years and years, I used to work for a company who are only producing and exporting products only from Coman for years. Yeah. So it and this was like 18 years ago. So I mean, I mean, it works perfectly fine. The only thing that we need to watch out if the innovation, if there is an innovation or a novelty of an idea, and what's the risk of this? after this confidentiality goes out no. and then, and again there is a contract and this needs to be very clear the contract and clear mm-hmm. penalties as well uh, if the idea is going to be used outside great very well. uh, we have another i think it will be the last question yeah. uh, just more two questions okay let's <laughs> <laughs> be generous okay <laughs> so we have mohammed fauzi is saying one of the most important outputs of a good sales and operation planning process is a final agreed i would assume it's production plan not i to think so i think production that, plan. Yes, yes we have a critical issue yes he's talking i think about the frozen period and having like three months for I, example I frozen period yes i love this question i love this, <laughs> yeah, question. I love this question because you suffered from this question a lot and you yes. suffered from the changes in the plan <laughs> yes, but, but let me, I'll, I'll tell, excuse me, uh, Hussain and Hamsi, if, yes. if I want, because I, I love this kind of conflicts and I was in the same place on that. Yeah. So, Muhammad, I'll tell you my experience on that. So, everyone right now, due to the uncertainty, if you want really to be, uh, to compete with the, the competition that we have right now in the marketplace, you have to be agile. And now yes. the definition, definition of agile supply chain 
and resilient supply chain, it's well known right now. So I understand that the challenge that you have, that you, you have to have a production frozen horizon for, let's say, one week. I will fix it regardless. But I want you to focus from the other side. It's the downstream itself, because if you're working like make make to order replenishment, whatever you have, it will affect drastically your service level with your distributor or with your customers. So you have to be very flexible. And looking even, uh, I would say, replenishment on a daily basis, I see and I know companies, they work, they, they put their production plans only two days ahead and they change it. The open frozen horizon, it's the third day because they, they see it on a daily basis. They, they run the, the replenishment and they put the production plan accordingly. This is the fixed two days. So I know that it's a big hassle for you to change the, the production plan. I need, I will sit in that day, I will sit with this uh, planning and manufacturing. I will free, freeze like two weeks. I don't care. Yeah. But I want you to look into the other side. What if there is SQ forecast will never be right? What if there is SQ is oversold or something like that? It will affect uh, the, the service level at, at your company. That's why I'm saying production, <laughs> production frozen horizon. I'm you have to. I'm reduce. a you will not like you. I think. I know. I like know. <laughs> but let me be very authentic. I will I tell you. I will I tell I you. Have... Give me. Give me a good forecast. Give me. A, it's the job of the forecast. demand planning to give us and the sales to give us good forecast. <laughs> That's why forecast will never be right. Let's let's say agree on that. That's why I'm saying that agile supply chain and agile thinking and flexible thinking this is the right way and i i totally again i was in the your your place and i keep when i stayed with with the production planning uh, and the planning team i said look i will have only one week and even if we stay with with the production team and the, even Hassan, he can confirm that if i speak i have only one week i will, I will have today's uh, plan and i will tell you the third day the third day it doesn't make sense but this is how if, if you want to have a giant supply chain and if you you have to get out of this uh, uh, rigid thoughts this is my view <laughs> no i i mean 100 percent. i can't agree more i mean i mean it's all about agility it's all about um, uh, being flexible um, and, and the mindset of being fixed on a plan doesn't work uh, because nobody can control the demand, on, honestly, uh, with the right balance. And the balance yes. here is that there is a responsibility and accountability on the demand to make sure that they're putting the right building blocks, making sure that they're looking at historical uh, information, right. doing the analysis. Without being without being uh, influenced uh, by the aspiration of tomorrow. Um, yes. And if this is happening and the guys did the job and you can always go and back and ask why do I have this fluctuation? And mm -hmm. you got all the answers, all the analysis are done. I mean, there's no complaint that needs to be happening here. But if the job is, the due diligence basically is not happening, I think this is where uh, you need to take it, uh, take care of it, Mohammed. I think it's part of also collaboration at the S&OP and, uh, and meeting, meeting every month, every week between the sales and the supply and demand. And the supply to be aware of the kind of the business and what's happening, the volatility of demand. The kind of conflict comes when they, they are blind, the, the, the supply and the production team. They don't see what's happening in, in the market. So that's why they get frustrated, I think. Yes, yes, totally agreed. So I will have another two questions. One question. Two more? Yes, uh, one, question and, one question will take it from uh, Hassan and another question I will ask it to Hussein and خلاص, we'll, we'll okay. solve it. Okay? Okay. <laughs> so we'll jump uh, into our friend Hassan Arifi. 
because he was keen to come today. <laughs> so he's asking a lovely question. He, he was asking copacking versus pricing, sometimes contradicting. And it, it, it is consumer related if they use the promotion. Uh, what do you think? So copacking well, versus first, great to, great to have you, Hassan, and great to hear from you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> This is sometimes contradicting and it's consumer related if they're used to promotion. What do you think? I mean, if I understand the question, we're talking about here the pricing from the co-packer, uh, mm. from the co-packer uh, mm. uh, um, and how this is helping. I mean, I mean, the co-packer, uh, probably there is, it's, it's a case by case, honestly, and I think there is no magic answer. I think it's a very good question, Hassan. Uh, mm. My only advice here that we need to look at our co-packers and co-manufacturers as an extension of our business. Mm -hmm. yeah. If the co-packer cannot get the right, give you the right flexibility of pricing up and down and making sure that uh, you have a setup, a financial slash legal setup to change your pricing as you go through the process, mm -hmm. yes. depending on your promotions, uh, uh, mm -hmm. calendar, I mean, this is probably you're not the, the best scope. There's a bit of uh, uh, a bit of challenge as well on the legal side of the business that needs to be checked. They need to check basically the uh, contract with the copac. I know that this is kind. Of, if I understand the question right, and hopefully I did, uh, I think this is where it's all about the contractual side of the business, um, um, or different SQs. Uh, I mean, you can fluctuate different SQs with different codes. And you can always keep changing yeah. depending of you want to uh, uh, give a, a discounted uh, excuse or not. Um, again, <laughs> great to see you, Hassan. Thank you, Hassan. Thank you, Hassan. For this, I will ask the last question. I will not ask you more two questions, but uh, it's the last <laughs> question. So Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Hassan. <laughs> I will ask this question. So. I know that you're right now that you're consulting factories and manufacturing entities, uh, the factories that. So can, can you please let us know what are you doing and how you are helping people on this and that point? If you have uh, something in your mind, you can share it with us. Uh, I think it's, it's, I mean, the consultation, I mean, this is becoming, I mean, this is becoming, uh, I mean, very popular now. Everybody's consulting, so to be, uh, to be very honest and transparent. Uh, so what I do is is very clear. I, I mean, uh, whatever I say with you guys, I just put it into action. Um, yeah. And I mean, um, I mean, sometimes uh, you know, it's it's all about the diagnosis of the problem that takes a lot of time. Uh, and I mean, the solution it will come very naturally later on. Uh, mm -hmm. That's basically one of the things. Um, second thing, I mean, as well, uh, I mean, there is a very clear processes as well that can be used. Clear, very clear tools that comes to the consulting process. Um, mm -hmm. So consulting is not new for me. I used to do this for years and years now, uh, and I do it for the whole. Um, so I have a team. I have. A, uh, I'm basically. I'm. 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 I'm uh, uh, I do. I have. We have an office kind of uh, illegal entity with my brother, and we right. do it end to end. It's the whole business, so it's not only supply. It's the whole business. Uh, he's taking care of the rest of the business parts, um, and I mean, this is where we have. Uh, uh, we contribute in the continuous improvement and 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 the development of the factories and and the business in general. Wow. Um, but does not mean that I will charge you guys for every single information that you will take. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whoever. 
is on this session and wants to ask a question, yes. please feel free. Thank you, Hussein. So, uh, uh, just the, the last thing, it's two questions, right? It's not one question. <laughs> Let me ask you, if, if people, they, they want to connect with you and they want to ask you, what will be the proper way to connect with you? Uh, I mean, LinkedIn is great. I can, I can definitely on on your post for 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 this forum. Mm. I'll, I'll 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 share extra details with you, Ahmed. And if you can add it uh, as part sure. of your comments as well, that would be really great. You and Ahmed. And sure. uh, my last word. Can I say my last word for this one, please, please, guys? Please, I, yes. I wish you best of luck. I mean, I'm very impressed of your progress uh, of what you guys of mm. the level of activities, the value that you're sharing, the spirit. Um, I mean, this is this is this is great, um, and I think uh, best of luck, SNOP community, and the rest of the forums. This is not the only forum. I know that. I know that yeah. you're doing a lot of uh, a lot of things in the background as well, um, and I mean, this is a great momentum. So keep it up and uh, and uh, best of luck. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, and let me tell you that seriously, the amount of values. That personally, I, I took it today from a manufacturing point of view. I didn't have it before uh, about yes. how, how we think the structure that we take an action seriously. Uh, I thank you for these great values that you drove it today. And I believe many people behind the scenes, they, they, they had the same uh, uh, thoughts and the same feelings that we have it. Uh, I would like to thank you for your amazing time. Really appreciate thank what you, you do. My pleasure. The, I appreciate also the people we attend today. They took the valuable time and engaged with us. It, it means a lot to us. And also, I would like to appreciate the Mr. Hamamsi for being here. Thank, you, thank you so much. And uh, I think that's, that's the beauty. That's, thank you so much, Hussein. That's the beauty of the global S&P community. We have, uh, as we said, knowledge that's not in the books. And we have uh, here our uh, friends who are coming, as we said, me and Ahmad, we don't know everything and uh, everything about the SNOP. So that's why we're having uh, experts and a great uh, experience like Hussein. Our friend here is uh, really enriched our our knowledge. And I think uh, I'd like to thank also all the people who came and uh, asked and, and give us all this uh, this time. So thank you for all the audience and thank you, Hussein. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next week. And thank you, Hussein, again for your amazing time. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to our global S&OP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.